that comes from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 7 and 10 to 16. It says, But after a while the wadi, which is a valley, dried up because there was no rain in the land. So he set out to Zarephath. When he came to the gate of the town, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel so that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. But she said, as the, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am now gathering a couple sticks so that I may go home and prepare it for myself and my sons that we may eat it and die. Verse 13, Elijah said to her, do not be afraid. Go and do as you said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of meal will not be emptied and the jug of oil will not fail until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, so that she as well as he and her household ate for many days. The jar of meal was not emptied, neither did the jug of oil fail according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. The word of God. You may be seated. Once again, good morning, everyone. Let's just give another round of applause to our LSA class, senior class of 2023. I am honored to have this opportunity to speak at your grad and just to share with you just a little bit here. Um, you have made it to this point, and for that, you should be proud. You've completed so many early mornings, so many late nights, nights of procrastination, nights of success, Class trips, mission trips, fundraisers, wins and losses of sports, grades that you're proud of, grades that you maybe have never shown your parents. You've went through it and you're still standing, so congratulations. And because of your accomplishments, I thought it would be nice to give you some never seen before footage of your pastors when they were around your age at this time of their life here today. Okay, so I just want to show you this, just to kind of, just to give you a little treat, okay? First up, we'll show you, that's me, okay? That was me on this day, this weekend for y'all. I know it looked kind of same because this was like recent, so like, it wasn't, I don't look that different, but uh, this was me at my grade 12 grad. Next up, Pastor Elizabeth, who is our children's pastor, that's her at her graduation. Um, next up, let's, let's pull up Pastor Devo. Look at Pastor Devo. Looking like Levi in the flesh. Pastor Debo, a star cricket player. Um, next up, we have Pastor Raywin. Wow, look at Pastor Raywin at her graduation on this day for her. Next up, Pastor Otis. Have anyone seen Pastor Otis when he was at your age at this time? Pastor Otis is there. Um, Pastor Pono. You ever seen Pastor Pono? Unlimited lays. Pastor, Pastor Pono. We'll give uh, a quick disclaimer before I go to the next person. Pastor Jason, I'm still waiting for your picture. So I'm sorry if you don't see Pastor Jason. That's what's up. Next up, Pastor Steve. Pastor Steve, this is not his high school graduation. I just want to let you know. I couldn't find any footage of that, but this is the closest thing at his master's. So this is Pastor Steve. And our leader, Pastor Icky. Very special. This, I want to let you all know, a little secret. This was actually on my birthday. And when I say birthday, I mean literally my date of birth. This was actually on... When I was born, this is actually the day I was born, the exact same day as when I was born. This is Pastor Icky. Um, and last but not least, your very own chaplain. I got to show you, Mr. V. Look at Mr. V. Wow, amazing. Beautiful, Mr. V. And 
it's so funny, it's such an amazing time to look back at pictures um, at past grad weekends and shout out to Pastor Devo who let me know that um, in his experience, he just got ready for the next day. It was no celebration for his finishing of grade 12. So uh, may you celebrate Leah with Pastor Devo this weekend. Um, but something I can confidently say is that when we were there at those days at the end, there's no way we could have pictured that this is where we'd be today. Like when we were finishing up, we couldn't imagine this is where we'd be. And down the path of our life, there's been probably a lot of laughs, a lot of tears, a lot of smiles, more tears, and yet we're here with this amazing opportunity to minister in this community of three campuses. There's been formidable moments in our lives, moments that we may have wished never happened, but we all ended up here. And sometimes we don't know where the path of life will lead us, but we will get somewhere. And in that somewhere is Jesus, and that's always enough. This morning, I want to focus on the story of the Bible that speaks to our lives, I think, when we're in transitions or when we're navigating change or going through a new experience, and it's been speaking to my life. And in this text that we just read together, there was a drought in the land, and the people were suffering. Elijah the same Elijah that goes up to heaven on a fiery chariot, the same Elijah who's like the prophet of the Old Testament, he enters the scene and oddly enough, despite everything that was happening, despite the situation at hand, without reading the room, he sees a woman gathering sticks and asks her for water. Elijah sees this community suffering and requests something from them. Now, this is probably one of the most out-of-pocket or inconsiderate things I've ever seen in the Bible. He sees people suffering, and then he asks something for them. And then he doubles down and asks for food as well. And as the story goes on, the woman ends up giving Elijah what he asked for, and her supply never runs out. It's a happy ending. And I heard a sermon about this text once, that Elijah was the main character. And the, text, and the sermon was kind of telling us that, like, when you enter a situation and there's a drought, God will provide for you. Kind of a cool message, but also a little egocentric, I think, that, like, if other people are suffering around you, God will give you something. Kind of weird, kind of thing. I couldn't really catch that message. And I think that there's another take to this narrative. And the main character I think of this story is the woman. The woman who was living in a land that had dried up, a land that had previously known life, and admits that gave up everything. And the first thing that speaks to me throughout this story is that encountering a drought is inevitable. In a world where we await the kingdom of God, there will be droughts. In a world that we're called to live out the will of God and bring the will of God onto earth, there will be droughts. And droughts come in all shapes and sizes and forms. Maybe it will be a failed test. Maybe it will be a failed class as a whole. Maybe it might be losing touch with friends who you thought would be there with you for an eternity. Maybe it's turmoil in our families through loss and sickness. Our droughts may come further down the line. Maybe it might show up when you're applying for med schools or trying to further your education. In fact, some of us might be living in a drought season right now. And that's okay because that is the human experience. Things can get hard. Things can get difficult. And because we believe in a good God does not mean that we are untouchable. But something that I'm constantly learning is that in these seasons of drought, the little oil I have for today is enough. In the seasons of drought, the little meal that I might have that's enough just for today is enough for today. And I'm learning to see Jesus in that little oil and little meal. One of the struggles about these seasons of drought, these seasons of hardship that we might go through, 
is that the little oil that we have starts to look really worthless. Whatever we might have starts looking like nothing, and everything everyone else has starts looking amazing. We like to say things like, if only I had this, then things would be all right. If only I was like so-and-so or that person, maybe things would be all right. And in Peru, Mr. V, in one of our worships, he beautifully spoke about how we live in a me world and we must transition to a we world, something that we've talked about here at our church. And I I feel like on top of the me world, we also wrestle with this you world as well. And not like a you in the sense of servitude and building each other up as we should, but in a you that we begin to see everything outside of ourselves as better. And that what you have is better than what I have. And we become discontent with ourselves. I remember visiting a friend uh, with my wife, Kalamini, a.k.a. Mrs. Zamoa, And uh, we went out to visit a friend. And when I was growing up, like, we didn't have that much in my house. Like, we, me and my brother only saved up for game consoles. So that was like the main furniture in the living room and stuff. And so when I went to my friend's house recently with, with Kalamini, I saw that they had like a mounted TV. And a mounted TV is just so beautiful to me. I don't know why. It's just when I see it, it's like, that's perfect. And, and I was there, and I'm just like, wow, hey, y'all have an amazing TV. I love the way that TV is mounted. I love the way it looks. And I even noticed that they have, like, fairy lights in their house. I'm like, this place is perfect. And as I'm just complimenting so much of this family, I just feel a tap on my shoulder. I look, Kelmy's looking at me, and she's like, Ben, we have a good life. I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. I, what's wrong with me? Why am I just getting so enamored by this thing? And it's okay to appreciate what other people have, but it should never be at the cost of what you have. It's not a problem to recognize greatness, but we should never disregard our own. Comparison is a thief of joy, especially when we're in low moments of our life. And even though there was a drought, she still had oil. Something I really hate about comparison is that we start to create this thing called golden days. You know, like we've talked about that. Maybe you've heard it before, like, oh, man, back in the day, the golden days of this place or this church or this school, there was the golden days of something. And we begin to idolizing a time that once was, acting like there's nothing to be found good in this present. But again, even though there was a drought, the woman still had a little bit of oil. And so I had to look up the word oil because the oil comes up so much in the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Bible. I'm like, what is the significance of oil? And I found this. It says, the Hebrew word translated as oil, shemen, literally means fat or grease. But figuratively, it means richness. An important idea to keep in mind. The word is also translated as fruitful. Hence, oil symbolizes wealth, abundance, health, energy, and a vital ingredient for a good life. For the people of the time, oil was almost like liquid gold. Even in a drought, she had gold on her. Even in a time of hardship, there was still gold in her possession. And in moments that don't make sense anymore, in moments where things change, in moments when we're out of our comfort zone, when you're out of LSA and there's no scheduled lunchtime and there's no more quad and there's no more place that you can go, there's no more Mr. V down the office, there's no more local place that you know that you have a comfortable flow, I want you to know that there's still gold to be found. And that gold first and foremost comes from you just being yourself. And I know that we're in the golden age all the time. And I'm reminded that we're in the golden age whenever I see Pastor Raywin come up and preach a beautiful sermon. I'm reminded that we're still in the golden days whenever I see Pastor Devo move around the church and take care of all of us. I'm reminded that we're in the golden age when I see amazing singers coming from our school and our youth group. When I see amazing athletes coming from all of you. When I see amazing leaders coming from all of you. So much wisdom coming from all of you. We are still in a golden age. We always will be. When I see the food pantry and the wellness warehouse taking care of a community. This is the golden age. 
And even though there might be times that will come where you might have a little bit of oil, I want you to know that your oil will still go far. Which leads me to this, that even in a drought, we are still called to give. No matter what is going on around us, or even when things are happening to us, we are still called to give. And with the last of everything that the woman had, she made Elijah something to eat. When it was like tax season, when I was probably in middle school, um, I, got, I saw a letter in the mail, I had my mom's name, and I opened it up as a nosy kid. And uh, I figured out through that tax envelope how much my mom made uh, for a year. I was a little shocked because a few weeks before that, I just heard a conversation with some friends and they were talking about how much their parents made. Um, little note to everyone, don't find out how much your parents are making, it's just best not to just <laughs> live like that. And I found out how much my mom was making, I was a little shocked. But I was like, you know what, whatever, this is kind of a shocker just how much we have or how much my mom is making a year. And a few weeks after, we were going to a funeral in Montreal. We were driving there and as we got there, my mom prepared like an envelope of money and gave it to one of the, fa the family that was struggling. And uh, when we were driving back home, it was on my mind, I'm like, my mom gave money even though we're not doing so well. And I asked my mom, my mom, why did you give money at the funeral? And she said, well, in our tradition, when people are struggling, when people are going through, that's what we do. And I was like, but mom, no, like, why did you give them money when we don't have money? And she kind of got quiet, we were driving back, and she just said to me, Ben, we can't wait till we're good to help others. We can't wait till we're good to help other people. And it's always stuck with me. I can't wait till I have things figured out to help other people. And this is how we move from me to we. We're all struggling, we're all suffering, but we can still be together. And we can still create community. And we, and we do so because it's true and the word reminds us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. We can't wait until things are good for us to start sharing. We can't wait till we have everything figured out or when we have all of our affairs in order to help other people. At our churches, at our schools, at, at, at our gyms, wherever we go, um, whatever you end up after La Sierra Academy, still give, still help the people around you, keep giving. Give through your kindness, give through your presence, through a smile to somebody that you know that needs it, through being an ear to somebody going through something. Give the way that we've been trying to show you through your classes, through your Bible classes, through your Sabbath schools. Keep giving in the way that's most natural to you. Because it's through giving that we find our true depths. When she took that risk to give everything during her struggles, she found out that her taps never ran out. And to all the people who gave to us, we thank you. To the grandparents, to the parents, to the uncles, aunties, friends, cousins who gave even though they didn't have everything figured out, we thank you so much. I know that because I'm a, pres I'm, I'm a result of a mother who always gave even though everything wasn't figured out. I would not be here without a mother like that. Class of 2023, your motto for this year is aspire to inspire. And what, aspi what inspires people is greatness. But not greatness through achieving a lot or receiving a lot, but greatness through giving is what's really great. In your lowest season that might come next, you will still have oil. And in your lowest season, I want you to know that you were all still so valuable. And in your lowest season, I want you to know that Jesus is with you. And because of that, you always have oil to give. Because of that, you always have opportunities to pour out to other people. Wherever you find yourselves, wherever we find ourselves, may we recognize the oil that we have, and may we be known for greatness because of the way we treat one another. Be well.